0: hello everyone this is robert velasquez podcasting for layoffpain.com today we'll be talking about chronic pain and neuromodulation neuromodulation is a safe effective painless and ultrasound guided invasive technique that consists in the application of lower of low frequency electric currents or chemical substances to the peripheral nervous system or central nervous system which serves to increase or decrease the excitability of a group of neurons Currently, neuromodulation is used as a therapy against a diverse group of disorders, such as epilepsy, chronic pain, Parkinson's, neurogenic bladder, spinal injury, and even depression. Electrical neurostimulation systems, along with implant systems of medication delivery, are included in the field of neuromodulation. Broadly speaking, chronic pain can be classified as nociceptive uh, and neuropathic, neuropathic and mixed. However, the World Health Organization partnered with the International Association for the Study of Pain to form the IASP Task Force, with the intent of creating a more precise classification that infers etiology, location, and mechanism of pain. As of June 2018, the resulting classification currently accepted by WHO is as follows. Chronic primary pain, chronic cancer-related pain, chronic post-surgical or post-traumatic pain, chronic secondary musculoskeletal pain chronic secondary visceral pain chronic neuropathic pain and chronic secondary headache or orofacial pain in 2016 research was conducted by the national center for health statistics to establish the prevalence of chronic pain and high impact chronic pain they concluded that an estimated 20.4 percent of u.s adults had chronic pain and eight percent of U.S. adults had high-impact chronic pain. With higher prevalence of both chronic pain and high-impact chronic pain reported among women, older adults, previously but not currently employed adults, adults living in poverty, adults with public health insurance, and rural residents. These findings could be used to target pain management interventions. As a form of treatment, neuromodulation can offer relief to the patient by providing electrical or chemical stimulus to the nervous system, with no purpose of treating chronic pain. Multiple, with the purpose, excuse me, of treating chronic the specific the specific purpose of treating chronic pain, multiple sclerosis, uh, trigeminal neuralgia, epilepsy, uh, while also useful for visual, auditive, or psychiatric alterations. Within the structures of the central nervous system, white matter and the cerebrospinal fluid are the ones that present the greatest electro- electrical conductivity. Other structures, such as gray matter, bone, and epidural fat, have minimal conductive capabilities. The electrical current produced by the electrical contact flows, contacts flows from the electrode to the cerebrospinal fluid and the dorsal root of the spinal cord. Neuromodulation basically works by modulating the neuronal information created by pain that is mostly transmitted by the dorsal roots of the spinal cord. There are several neuromodulation techniques, for example, transcutaneous and peripheral nerve stimulation, spinal cord stimulation, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, deep brain stimulation, and motor cortex stimulation, among others. The escalation of pain treatment. Uh, Pain is the most frequent reason for a medical consult, according to a study published in the Sao Paulo Medical Journal in Brazil. In order to perceive pain, we require a sensitive neural network and afferent pathways that can respond to nociceptive stimuli, a process that can also be influenced by psychological factors. It may seem counterintuitive, but personality traits can highly influence our pain threshold. Psychologists point to two components at work cognition and evaluation that is to say the thoughts anticipations and predisposition of the person when faced with pain and you have subject and emotional which you know identifying which are in charge of identifying and managing emotions that may arise when in when in pain since they can interfere in the calibration of perceived painful sensations the norms of use of the analgesic ladder exist as a guideline for the management of administering pain relieving drugs The analgesic lighter describes three steps of painkiller administration, with each involving a subset of analgesics. In the first step, pain appears, wherein the order of analgesics to be considered should be non-opioids and adjuvants. If pain does not subside, or if it worsens, the pain has reached the second step of analgesic treatment, which include mild to moderate pain opioids, non-opioids, and adjuvants after attempting the class of analgesics i just mentioned uh, in the first and second step and pain has not subsided or has worsened we have reached the third step of the analgesic ladder the third step is moderate to severe pain opioids then you have non-opioids and adjuvants a higher step in the ladder depends on the failure of the previous step if the patient does not show improvement the above or the aforementioned uh, potent opioids could be recommended treating chronic pain can also be assisted by interventional therapies as well these include patient controlled anesthesia therapy nerve block injections and spinal cord stimulation among others neuromodulation offers a a control strategy for severe pain or as an alternative to other minor invasive therapies that haven't favored the patient for example clinical use of electrical uh, spinal cord stimulation is justified by the theory postulated by Melzack and Wall in 1965 and is referred to as the gate control theory, which, state, which states that pain sensation can be shut off by the activation of afferent nerve fibers in charge of inhibiting uh, transmission of nociceptive information to the brain by applying electrical stimulus to the site of interest. Using electrical stimulation as a form of neuromodulation helps treat the clinical manifestations that present severe focal neuropathic pain. The neural mechanisms that would allow an understanding of the action of electrical stimulation on nerves with regards to pain are not completely clear. However, experimental studies have observed a suppressive effect of electrical stimulation in tactile allodynia, which is mediated by AA or afferent fibers, and represent a state of central hyperexcitability. The procedure is done in in two phases the spinal cord stimulation uh, trial procedure and the spinal cord stimulation permanent implantation during the former one or more electrodes are placed at the site of interest just to see how the patient responds to the setup if all goes well the medical team will proceed towards permanent implantation and internalization of the electrical generator system the site of which depends on the pathology that is causing the pain The most difficult part of the procedure is the insertion of the electrode this is because the efficiency of spinal cord stimulation depends on its correct placement the electrode is left implanted inside the epidural space wherein paresthesia replaces perceived pain upon electrical stimulation spinal cord stimulation is indicated in the treatment of moderate to severe chronic pain that are secondary to focal neuropathies who are in turn secondary to Uh, Examples are myelopathy, uh, type 1 or type 2 complex regional pain syndrome, post-laminectomy syndrome, um, grade 3 and grade 4 angina pectoris, and, and a few others. The system is comprised of implantable electrodes and an electrical generator that can be external or internal. The electrode is implanted in the epidural space, which is generally accessed via percutaneous puncture where it's ascended to the desired level by a fluoroscopic guide. So, let's go on and, and, and let's move on to complications of of these types of procedures. So, treatment by spinal cord stimulation is considered very safe, um, and the rates of complications are very low. Mortality associated with electrical implantations is virtually nonexistent. Complications include Electrode migration, which is the most common um, electrode fracture, early battery depletion, hardware malfunction, and infection. Although there are some difficulties in interpreting long-term consequences, there are studies that show their effectiveness against refractory angina pectoris, complex regional pain syndrome, like I mentioned, and and critical limb ischemia, um, even arachnoiditis. Um, so it, it definitely has proven to be very useful. Now let's move on to extraspinal implants. These include cervical occipital nerve stimulation, peripheral nerve stimulation, um, and motor cortex stimulation. They've proven excellent option for patients with cranial neuralgias, fibromyalgia, headache disorders, and cutaneous neuralgias. On occasion, spinal cord stimulation presents limitations as a solution to some types of neuropathic pain in the head and neck. These limitations are sometimes due to the painful affectation of an extensive surface area of the body, as is the case in thalamic pains. Also, some painful processes prove to be stubborn in responding to analgesics, like in torn plexus cases. To help resolve these issues... Uh, Subokawa and colleagues presented the treatment results of certain types of neuropathic pain from electrical stimulation of the prefrontal cortex prefrontal motor cortex its usefulness in patients with neuropathic pain has been verified when it's secondary to trigeminal neuropathy brachial plexus avulsion uh, Wallenberg syndrome phantom limb pain multiple sclerosis pain and and more. In terms of complications, seizures might be common since the motor cortex is being stimulated in a direct fashion, according to studies on rats. Other complications include infection and hemorrhaging. Once the electrode is in place, stimulation is performed until the point of threshold for motor response. It's during this phase in which convulsions related to stimulus may appear, so it's important to be prepared for such an event. What follows is a test period of a few weeks with an external stimulator. If the analgesic response is beneficial enough, the next step is the permanent implantation of a generator with similar electrical parameters. Just like in uh, spinal cord stimulation, there are patients who require continuous electrical stimulation to offset pain, while others may need it just intermittently. Neuromodulation has experienced innovative improvements as an alternative to usual strategies of chronic pain treatment, particularly when other treatment methods have not proven satisfactory. Furthermore, the procedure is reversible. Still, continuous improvement in the field of neuromodulation is crucial in minimizing or altogether avoiding any complications. That's it for chronic pain and neuromodulation. Again, this is Robert Alaska's podcasting for respiratorycarestore.com